Welcome to Grit, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And, you know, we are in this market of challenging times right now. Interest rates are higher than they've been, at least in the last five years, even though I still remember refining at 6% not that long ago. However, we're up in 7, 7.5% now. So anyway, super excited to continue to bring team leaders onto this show to share their experience of what's going on in this market. And obviously, I have super strong opinions of what's going on in this market. So anyway, today I have Aisha Larkpour on with us, and she runs Thunder Team Realty out of Oklahoma City. How's it going, Aisha? It's going great. Good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Grateful to have you here. So for those of you who have called Aisha Leisha, her name is Aisha. So just just know that now so you can make the correction today. So Aisha, tell us, just let's just get started by a little bit of your background. It sounds like you come from a military family. Yes. And both of my share with us how you got into real estate. Okay. Well, yes, both my parents were in the military. They were both Army branch. So as you can imagine, and also how I resonate with other military brats, the folding of the mattress and certain rules that you adopt as a kid that probably do carry on into your adulthood. But yes, we moved around a lot. We lived in Germany and Hawaii as a kid. So I learned early on just, you know, how to adapt, I guess. So where does the term military, you called yourself a military brat, and I've heard that many times. Where does that term come from? What does that mean? I actually don't know. I think the kids of military family, like adult parents are just called military brats. I actually, I don't know. I don't know. It's, It's a term that only military kids that have military parents know for sure. I mean, there has to be a reason for that. If you are listening to this, watching this, Google that, put it in the comments, give us an answer. We want to know what military, like military breath means. Breath. Like, where but, is it derived? <laughs> yes, yes. Where did that derive? And, uh, you know, we'll we'll cue Aisha in on that and, and me. So right. please ha- help us out with that one. Somebody. So you grew up moving around Germany, Hawaii. What was your favorite place you lived? Oklahoma. <laughs> okay, so that's why you're still in Oklahoma City. Right, we are still here. It's been my okay. favorite place. Cool. How long did you live in Germany? Um, so I lived in Germany for four years as a adolescence. Uh, we were there when the Berlin Wall came down. I was there when the Berlin Wall came you down. Were? Yes. We were in Würzburg. So do you speak German? No, I know a little bit, but not a lot. Okay. I was not too far. I was in Vauxville back then. Okay. Which is right on the Bodensee. Ah. Anyway. What brought you to Germany, though? I spent time in Germany and Switzerland and uh, loved it over there. So, Oh, yeah. How? How did you end up there? So I actually served a mission over there. So that's how I got over there. And uh, I try to go back to Switzerland at least every couple of years if I can help it. Okay. Like missionary. We were over there last year. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. So anyway, absolutely fell in love with it. Switzerland is like my favorite place in the world. Yeah. And so, and then you were in Hawaii and Oklahoma City ended up being the place that you came to make your home. So congratulations on that. Yep. Yep. So how did you get into real estate? So when I was young, my parents were looking for a home and I mean, the realtor, I mean, she had it all together. She had a cute Mercedes. She had all the bright red suit. I mean, she looked like she was really enjoying herself. And as a kid, I I used to, I read a lot. I was an avid reader as a kid and I still do, but I don't know this lady. I, she just, she just sparked my interest in, and I was like, I wonder what they do. And, you know, once I graduated from like the babysitters club and the goosebumps books, I just started reading on real estate and it, it just piqued my interest from there. Really. My parents did eventually find a house. So I was quite sad, but I almost, you know, I was a little local market expert and, and you know, 12 years old. And, it, and I don't know, it just kind of stuck. I like to dress up. I like to be outside. You know, every day is different. You know, it just resonated with my personality, really. Okay. So you like to dress up. You like to drive fancy cars. And so yeah. you said, I'm going to be in real estate. Right, right. It's like, perfect. I love it. Yeah. Cool. So how long ago did you get started in real estate? So I was licensed in 2009. I was a leasing agent before that for about a year or two at a fairly large apartment complex, but I worked through, I did oil and gas prior to that. So when I called to the Oklahoma Real Estate Commission, they told me that I had to be 21 to get a license. And so I just kind of went to college and, you know, did a few things that I could that was similar to real estate. Then I found out that you could have done it at 18. So that actually prolonged me from getting my license. But yeah. So you got licensed when you were 21. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jumped into the business at 21 in 2009. And my recollection of 2009, which I believe I'm correct, 2008 was the crash. Yes. 2009 it's probably a very difficult time to get into it real estate. It was very difficult. Yes. So, you know, tell actually, me, there tell were agents. There were agents packing up and leaving the day I was coming in. You know, I'm a newly excited. You know, having not went behind the ear realtor, and uh, you know, I just been licensed. And I'm ready to sell some houses, and there were 15 and 10 year and five year career long realtors like I'm leaving. Like you're coming in. You're the only recruit we've gotten like in a long time. Are you sure? You know, it was a lot, a lot of doubt about what was going on. You know, that real estate wasn't fun anymore. You know. There weren't any deals around. And I really think that the year that I came in was actually a blessing uh, to my career because it, I got a chance to really learn the foundation of having a real estate business. Like, okay, well, what do you do to get business? It wasn't like, oh, I got a business card and I passed the real estate test on Facebook and I've got clients. You really had a hustle. And even then, really in 2009, Facebook wasn't hot then. So yeah, <laughs> you know, didn't have but even in today's market, the market shifted. And I think we're back into a similar market today mm-hmm. where you have to put in the, the grit and the mm-hmm. effort to, to drive sales. So I was at an event this last weekend down in Las Vegas and Sky gave an amazing presentation just talking about the market and where it's at, interest rates and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things he shared was a slide and he opened up his presentation with this slide. There was something about 20, it talked about is now a time I should get out of the market. And when he opened up the presentation, I thought he was talking about today, right? I mean, I think a lot of people are asking that question, is now a time I should get out of the market? You know, there's been a massive exit of agents over the last 12 months. 
So I think a lot of people are asking that question today. Is now time I should get on the market? Well, at the end of the presentation, he actually shared the date that that slide was built, and that was in 2014. Oh. So he was asking the question, should I get out of the market back in 2014? One of the things he shared was, the, the cool thing is a lot of people did get out of the market in 08 and 09, and then a lot of people got out in 14 as well because it was on a little dip again. And so anyway, what he shared was that if you got out of the market, then you got out. But the next eight years after that have been the biggest run in real estate that real estate has ever had. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, he's actually projecting that in the next two years, we're going to be in the, back in uh-huh. that market of this again, as soon mm-hmm. as interest rates start to decline, uh-huh. which he thinks will be in the next six to nine months. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I thought that was really interesting information that I wanted to share with everybody and with you, mm-hmm. because you came into this market in, in 2009, which... Yep which I think was a very, very similar time to today. Yes, I think so, so what did you do back then at 21 years old to actually like survive in a market that people who had been in the market for a long time were, were leaving? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, what didn't I do? I door knocked consistently. I had flyers with me at apartment complexes. I had a list of people that I was calling every day. I was texting every day. Um, I was doing things to market myself, like passing. I had a thing of candy that I took to the schools and left in the teacher's break room with my business information on it. I had all kinds of promotional items that I did. I mean, I I advertised on Realtor.com. You know, we built spiffy websites back then. I did uh, client interviews. I did open house party, open houses. I did housewarming parties. I mean, I mean, you name it. I was trying to do it, you know, now after a while, you kind of, after you try everything as a new agent, then you kind of niche down to the things that you like, you know? So I did everything in the beginning to figure out, okay, what's going to be, you know, where I'm consistent. And and then I did that. I love that. And here you are, I don't know how many years is that? 14 years, 14 years later. Yep. And still in the industry. And so I want to point this out to all you agents listening to this, because I think most agents in today's world, honestly, I hate to say it, but you've gotten lazy. Yeah. And you're not willing to do the work. You're not willing to follow up. You're not willing to do the open houses. You're not willing to have the grit. You're not willing to do all these things that Aisha was doing back in 09. And so what mm-hmm. I challenge each of you to do is find those at least four things that are going to be the four key pillars or the yep. four legs to your stool yep. to really drive leads into your business and focus on those and and make those work. And you have to go all in today. You can't sit back and be lazy or you won't be in this business in two years. Mm-hmm. If you can give it the grit and go all in and make your calls and do what you need to do today, mm-hmm. make at least 20 conversations mm-hmm. a day. Do an open house every week. If you can do these things that are just the basic things, but it takes work, it takes grit, you have to follow up with your customers. If you can do these things or even your potential customers, you have to follow up with. And if you don't do those, you won't be here in two years. If you do those, you'll be here in two years and you'll get to enjoy that wave as Uh the tide starts to rise again. So, okay. So congratulations on still being here today. You are building a team now. How many agents do you have? Tell us about your team. 
Okay, so I actually am broker owner. So uh, my brand, Thunder Team Realty, is a local boutique brokerage here in Oklahoma City. We operate one of two ways. So we have an independent side of our brokerage, just like any brokerage. Agents have a split and they source and find their own clients and we're their broker. And then I have a team inside of my brokerage. My team consists of three people that are in the field. They essentially service my buyers and seller clients to take, you know, a lot of that work off of me. And then I am still a, you know, I sell also as a broker owner, but my agents that are in the field, they are supported by three people in that I have on staff. So we do property management in my firm also, but most of the properties are owned by Thunder Team Realty. Okay. And how many agents do you have in the brokerage that are not on the team? Nine. Nine. Okay. So total of 13 agents, including yourself. Mm -hmm. You do some specialty things, obviously, as you just shared. Uh Are you doing anything different today than you were a year ago? Yes, we are fine tuning our systems and processes. We are trying to do more specialized marketing campaigns to really connect with our sphere of influences and our past clients, since most of our business comes from repeat business. And uh, we are, I mean, we're, we're saying, okay, whose job is it to do this, you know, every day for every client or, you know, whenever it happens, but we're actually adding a lot of the things that we do inside of our CSU to help set reminders for transaction coordinators and things like that. Okay. I did see you're on CSU. Mm-hmm. You use our transaction management. You use our goal setting, mm-hmm. our commission management. So you're basically using the whole platform of CSU. Oh, yeah. Like other than I don't know if you're using the client portal or not. Are you, you using do. the client portal? Yes. You use the client portal as well. So you're giving, yep. providing a better experience to your clients yep. so they can see that road to close. Mm-hmm. So anyway, congratulations on that. Because what I've seen is when I built CSU, CSU was built for a team of five agents, which just happened to be my wife's, okay. which are now she's up to 91 agents. And rather than doing 120 transactions a year, facing to do over, you know, around 900 transactions this year. So anyway, I'm a firm believer that to survive, especially to thrive, but I believe even to survive in today's market, you absolutely have to have great systems in place. You need to eliminate all your duplicate entry. You need to stop using spreadsheets. You need to make real-time business decisions. And so it sounds like you're on that path, Aisha. And so like, where do you want to be? I think one of the things people always ask me, so what does CSU do for a team leader? And my opinion is it turns you into a better leader. It allows you to manage your sales team or your sales leader and your ops leader. If you make the change to hire those people Mm -hmm. and allows you to work on your business instead of in your business. So if you think about where you want to be in five years from now, what what are your goals in real estate? Maybe two years, three years, five years, where is it you want to be in real estate? Okay. So I wouldn't mind growing the team, adding more people to the team under Thunder Team Realty. That way we can have a larger team that, you know, can bring in more business. We definitely want to continue to grow, continue to grow in transaction count and people. I wouldn't mind also maybe breaking into appraisals. I know that it's a lengthy process here in Oklahoma to get certified. So I'm thinking maybe a five-year plan is that we'll have leasing, you know, retail sales and appraisals. So I think that we'll be there and grow until we sell. (laughs) Okay, cool. So one of the things that I've seen, and I don't know, I'm just bringing this out to the market. You talked about appraisals. And one of the things that I'm asking and curious about 
is will appraisers still actually even be in the market in call it two years from now? The reason I say that, Uh so CISU has started opening, we haven't really announced this yet, but we have several teams that have started mortgage companies with us. We're doing title companies, we're doing insurance companies, and we will probably have at least a dozen teams up live where we do JV insurance companies here over the next month or two. Uh So one of the things we've done is we're a mortgage broker. We work with UWM and a good friend of mine shared with me about a year ago that UWM doesn't really, he's owned a a mortgage business here in Utah for for years and a super successful mortgage business. One of the things he enlightened me on is that UWM has all the information on every home in the country. And which means they really the <laughs> they really don't need an appraiser. They already have more probably more accurate data than most appraisers are going to get. And it would be a streamlined process too. Yeah, and appraisers and they, have, they can use AI to to do it for them. So yeah, and and uh, anyone in real estate knows that appraisers are usually the holdup to getting your deal closed. It's either the inspector and negotiating those terms, the appraiser who sometimes just takes their time getting out there or how to appraise it. Mm -hmm. Or maybe sometimes it takes a while to get back. Well, the appraisal is usually what the The whole loan, right? It is, yep. So anyway, I think UWM's thought is, number one, if we eliminate the appraiser, not only will it make this data more accurate because we have more accurate data, Mm -hmm. but also it'll shorten the timeframe of Mm -hmm. being able to go from contract to closing. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. You developed something called real estate cue cards. Yes. Tell us more about these. So I'm hoping this will be, you know, eventually my out of real estate. I've been around. I've been selling. I love it. My team takes care of most of client facing things. So I came up with this solution for helping new agents kind of fast forward themselves into at least sounding like a professional. So I came up with real estate cue cards and I'm going to show you a picture. I'm in the development stages still, though. So these are pretty much it's going to be a deck of cards and they are going to have an objection on one side. So on the objection, it would look something like this. So will you reduce your commission, right? That's an objection that we get all the time. If you're selling on any level of real estate, somebody's going to ask you to reduce their commission or give them a discount. So why should I pay you? And come February, this is going to be even a bigger issue. Yeah. Because uh-huh, the buyer broker is changing. More than likely, buyer's agents are going to have to yep. get the buyers to pay their commission instead of mm-hmm. the sellers paying their commission. So, yep. so it's very important that we show up in our skills, especially Most as definitely. buyer's agents. Most definitely. It's going to be if more you are a buyer's than... agent, it might be a great time to become a listing agent. Right. Right. So so anyway, so that that question comes up. What's on right. the other side of the card? So in my 14, 15 years of experience being in real estate, I've kind of fine tuned some of those things to say that are clever or that there's a standard that really puts the client at ease or at least will understand where you're coming from. You know, just objection handlers, pretty much. You know how you had cue cards as a kid, those flashcards with math on it? Yeah. And you learned your math by doing you the, the flashcards. 
flashcards. So this is pretty much along the same line. So this is what we wrote on for the objection handler for that. So you want to say, I understand you're looking for ways to net more money. Am I correct? Right. Because obviously someone's asking you for commission and then it says yes. And then here's the thing that you could say. You would say generally the commission earned pays for and I put insert what you pay for. So I would say, you know, the commission you earn pays for my signs, my log boxes, my access to MLS, you know, the marketing that I do to push your home to a qualified buyer and negotiating on your behalf. If you hired an agent to negotiate your money and they couldn't negotiate their own fees, I'd be a bit afraid to use them, wouldn't you? Okay, so these are real estate flashcards. Yes. Helping people with their scripts, which is great. Mm -hmm. Every agent needs help with their scripts. Every agent. The best of the best of the best agents that I know, who some of these guys sell over 100 homes a year, Mm -hmm. they do script and role play every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. So this is just a way to make script and role play easier for all those agents out there mm-hmm. and to give you flashcards so that you can even do this when you're on your own, right. sitting in your car between appointments, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is you're doing. So mm-hmm. so this is something you're planning on rolling out and good yes. for you. Congratulations on that. When do you think the rollout is? I'm actually expecting November 1 to be a rollout. Okay. Yep. So I have a challenge for you, Aisha. Okay. And this is my challenge. Okay. A lot of times we think, okay, I'm going to get rid of this and I'm going to go do this. Well, you have a real estate team that you've started growing. Today you have, you know, roughly five agents. If you would double down on recruiting agents today, what that would allow you to do is hire a sales leader and an ops leader. And you have CSU, so you have systems in place that will allow you to spend one hour a day working with and holding your sales leader and ops leader accountable, which will allow you to continue to build and grow a real estate team. And I can say this because my wife has put, has all these systems in place now that she has CSU as well. And she has a sales leader and an ops leader, and it's allowed her to step outside of the business, meaning she works on her business instead of in her business because she has all the systems to hold these people accountable and to know what's going on within that business. So why not keep your real estate business, have it fund some of this stuff that you have going on here and have it continue to fund your future? Because selling a real estate business is not something that's worth a lot of money. It's not. But a real estate business can certainly be a cash cow mm-hmm. that you can have for decades to come. Mm-hmm. If you, can, you now have the right systems in place. Why not get the right who's in place? Mm-hmm. You know, right. who, who are the people that you need to bring in to allow you to work on your business instead of in your business and to, to allow you to scale your business to that next level, which I think is one of the most important things to do. So most definitely that, that's the challenge I have for you. How, how do you feel about that challenge? I'm going to take that challenge. I'm absolutely okay. going to take that. I actually have like one place on my LinkedIn that I'm looking for a recruiter that I'm looking to hire a recruiter. That's the only place I've posted it. And actually our, my workman coach uh, challenged me already to put it something up on a zip recruiter, a wise hire to hire a recruiter. Cause I, it's hard for me to sell me. I feel like it would be easier for someone else to sell the brand other than me. And then I can train them when they come, you know? So I definitely, I'm going to accept that challenge. Okay, great. I know a lot of teams that I am close with use Indeed to do their recruiting, whether it be agents or, you know, other people in the business. So wherever you get this recruiter from, I would definitely recommend you use Indeed to have them do their recruiting efforts. 
Okay. Great. That's wonderful. Will you report back in six months and let me know how this is going? I want to know how your team is doing. And I also want to know how your cue cards are doing. Okay. Okay, cool. So, so what is your plan to take these cue cards to market back to the cue cards or flashcards? Let's call them them the real estate flashcards. Okay, cool. So I have a mock-up being drafted. Um, my plan is to do drop shipping on them. So I have a link on my all of my social media and I was going to drop it there for ordering. And what would happen is they would go through a Shopify store and place the order. And then the card company will drop ship the card to the customer. Now I have a virtual assistant that's going to help me kind of manage like customer service things. But I'm hoping that maybe I'll just get a few flashcards here on my own to sell maybe outside of my market. And then I plan to maybe run a bunch of Facebook and Facebook, Instagram ads to pick up people that aren't already followers, posting real estate groups, you know, when things like this come out, maybe people say, you know what, where are those flashcards? I wouldn't mind buying a few, you know? Yeah. When will people be able to order these first? I have several questions for you. So when will people be able to order? I've actually been working on this for several months now. So I'm hoping November 1. This is the first draft of the mock-up or actually the one of the mock-ups that I approved. I have all the cards are going to be different on the face front, but the dropshipper is ready to go and the Shopify store should be complete in like a week or two. So I'm okay. hoping November 1. So November 1 is three weeks away. So where do people go to order these on November 1st? Okay, so on November 1st, then you will have to go to my link on my social media page to order from there. Um, So so all of our marketing is still going to draw back to the same link. So it's a Shopify store. So you can find me. All of my social medias are the same. It is Thunder Realty underscore CEO. That's it. Thunder Realty underscore CEO. Is that like your Instagram? Mm -hmm. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, LinkedIn, everything. So if I go to any of those, Thunder Realty underscore CEO, you're going to have a link that will allow me to go in and order these flashcards. Okay, cool. So you're going to do two things. You're going to report how did we do on the team in six months and how are we doing on these flashcards in six months, right? Okay, cool. Yep. Okay. I need to find a recruiter. I have another question for you. Like one of the things I've seen that's helped CSU grow is the fact that it was built for my wife's team and her team has been doubling almost every year since they got on CSU. So how do you think? How do I think we did? You could take advantage of proving out these flashcards to show results with your team. Wait, how could I do what? So I, maybe I'll just, instead of asking you the question, maybe I'll just give you my idea. Okay. So my thought here is that if you get your team members using these flashcards at an extremely high level and they have extremely good scripting processes in place. Oh, they already do. So they're going to sell more homes on average than your typical realtor. So if I look at typical real estate, people in real estate, four homes a year. If I look at typical. Thunder Realty. Team team-based agents uh-huh. they're selling anywhere from 10 to 20 homes a year on average uh-huh. Uh-huh. and in some cases more than that but if you're recruiting at a high level it's probably not more than that but if you some some teams may have fewer agents that are just power agents selling maybe 24 homes a year on average uh-huh. but most teams i would say are selling between 10 and 20 and it's because the the teams that are recruiting the most it takes time to bring these brand new people into production to bring that average up so uh-huh. so anyway but i guess my thought here is one of the best ways to market this product 
is to show the results and the outcomes of your agents hey, in particular. Agents. Okay, yeah. cool. Because I actually, most of the scripts are in a book. And when they come on, we train them on all of that. And when we have our morning huddle, we go over stuff, we role play. So yeah, they know. But yeah, okay. I, definitely, I could, I could, yeah. Okay, because what is the one thing everyone is looking for that gets into real estate? What's your leads? answer to that? Is it leads? Well, <laughs> The sad thing is you're probably right. It okay. probably is leads. <laughs> okay. But I would hope that it would be results. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like if I get yeah. into real estate, I'm here to make money. Yeah. I would hope. Uh-huh. A lot of people get into real estate because they think it's fun to go see homes or whatever. And you're in for the wrong reason. You've mm-hmm. got to want to make money. Mm-hmm. So anyway, if you know your scripts and if you're willing to make the calls, you will make money. Absolutely. We know that. So we know that. So anyway, those days of free leads, yes, they are still here. Yes. But even diminishing with, quickly. <laughs> well, even with free leads, like you need to follow up. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was two years ago where a lead comes in and the next day they're under contract. Well, nope. Yeah, it's not not like that anymore, right? Okay, well, Aisha, it's been fun getting to know you. Tell me on a personal level, like where, where's your favorite place that you like to vacation? Favorite place I like to vacation is my birth state, Hawaii. Okay. You were born in Hawaii. I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Yep. Okay. Very cool. Yep. So how often do you go to Hawaii? I've been back probably like three or four times now. So maybe every four or five years. Right. And what's your like, what's your favorite thing to do when you're not selling real estate today? I like to read. I like to spend time with my family. And you have kids? I do. Uh-huh. I have three kids. I have two boys, uh, 17 and 11, and okay. I have a one-year-old daughter. Okay. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. So having been in the industry as long as you have, like, what would be that single piece of advice you would leave for agents in the industry who are doing everything they can to survive today? I would say get control of your schedule. Make sure that you time block every day that you plan to work. You know, and I would say when you think that nothing is working or you are feeling like giving up, you need to remember that that is when your discipline needs to kick in. So you need to just keep going, keep doing what you were doing. And eventually, you know, things will start to turn for you. So be sure to be sharp on your discipline when everything else is weak. I love it. It's great advice. So thanks, everybody, for joining us on this week's show of the Grit podcast. We've been here with Aisha from Thunder Team Realty. Remember, if you want to check out and get those flashcards for your agents, she'll have those hopefully for sale in a week. But if not, in a few weeks, feel free to go follow her, make that happen. And then we look forward to joining you. I've got some great episodes of Grit coming up, so make sure and stay tuned. We've got some some more great guests coming on the show. So we'll catch you all on next week's episode of the Grit Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.